We remain on indictment watch here at the Midas Touch Network. The Manhattan Grand Jury that is considering criminal charges against Donald Trump convened again on Monday afternoon and heard from another witness, David Pecker, who actually previously testified before the grand jury. Pecker is the former publisher of the National Enquirer who led the catch and kill schemes for Donald Trump in the past to bury stories on Trump's disgusting and unlawful conduct. So what's the impact of David Pecker's testimony today? We will discuss. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, whose last media tour was a total disaster, apparently did not have enough humiliation and did one more round of his self-flagellation <laughs> tour with interviews on the weekend shows that only further incriminated Donald Trump. What are they thinking? Are they thinking at all? I don't think so. We will discuss chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and it pains me to say that Jim Jordan continued to lead the efforts by the MAGA Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives to, in an unprecedented fashion and weaponizing the federal government, try to interfere with the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation into Donald Trump. The Manhattan District Attorney's response was essentially, all right, just Leave us alone at this point. You are breaking the law, Jim Jordan. You have no clue what you are talking about. We don't have time for this nonsense. Don't you know what federalism is? Just go away. Stop calling us. And speaking of total nonsense, or what should more aptly be called dangerous cult behavior, Donald Trump held a deranged rally in Waco, Texas on the 30-year anniversary of the deadly Waco siege where four ATF agents were killed when they executed a search warrant on a virulent anti-government cult called the Branch Davidians that were unlawfully stockpiling weapons and where dozens of Branch Davidians were killed. We will discuss this dangerous rally, its attempt to incite domestic terrorism, and we will give you the media's response to it, which in typical fashion was just a total and utter failure. There was another deadly mass shooting at a school in the United States earlier in the day, this one in Nashville, Tennessee, where as of now, three students, two teachers, and the uh, terrorist who killed them um, had also died. It's utterly uh, disgusting. It's disgusting. It's an all too familiar scene here in the United States and an all too familiar pattern here in this country where, let's just be real, one political party, the Republican Party, which is now the MAGA Republicans, not only refuse to allow common sense gun reform to pass, but they glorify and promote an insurrectionist view of the Second Amendment, not too dissimilar from the Branch Davidians and terrorists like 
Timothy McVeigh. And the photo that we just showed for those watching on YouTube is the member of Congress from that district taking a photo in front of a Christmas tree with AR-15s and all of the members of the family and the little kids holding AR-15s, right? This is a disgusting pattern that we see over and over again. And there is no both sides to this issue. Speaking of no both sides, right? As Donald Trump was at a cult rally playing songs by what, what they call the January 6th choir made up of January 6th insurrectionists. Well, President Biden was, what was President Biden doing? President Biden continued to champion policies to bring more jobs and better paying jobs in America. Biden was promoting infrastructure projects. Biden was promoting policies to look after seniors and make healthcare more accessible and affordable. But you wouldn't know that by reading any of the large uh, periodicals or by watching any of the large media networks. And finally, more bad news for Fox and the Dominion defamation lawsuit. As a former senior producer who used to be a producer at the Tucker Carlson show and Maria Bartiroma, who previously sued Fox last week for vile harassment and discrimination. Well, she amended the lawsuit she filed on Monday to include new allegations that the Fox lawyers intimidated and coerced her during her deposition that was taken back in December by Dominion lawyers in the defamation case uh, to lie and to damage her own reputation to basically lie for Fox. So big news there and bad news for Fox. And also want to say this as we start the show, thank you so much to all the Midas Mighty out there for helping us reach 1 million subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, it, it is an incredible, incredible honor to do these podcasts and to make these videos with you. And that's how I see the Midas Mighty community. None of this is possible without you. And, you know, we are we are so grateful for you. So when I say we hit one million, you hit yes. one million. We were all in that together. Brett and Jordy, how are you both doing today? I'm doing well. A lot of news to discuss, a lot going on. Uh, I'm so excited to have this opportunity. Finally, it's been a couple days since we hit that 1 million mark to thank everybody out there for helping us get there. You know, when I see the numbers go up and, and go up in a steep exponential way every single day by the thousands, uh, the thing that warms my heart is really knowing that this message is getting out there and that all of you out there are valuing these messages so so much that you are telling other people about it and then they are sharing these messages because folks I, i'm not gonna lie to you and there's a reason that we call attention to the things that we call attention to there's a lot of dark stuff happening right now in this mm -hmm. country a lot of very very dark things happening and it's really coming from one side of this country un unfortunately and it's coming from a very small but local minority in this country who call themselves ultra MAGA. And I think it's our job here and I think it's all of our jobs here to continue to shine a light on that rot, to shine a light on it and expose it in a way that nobody else is doing. We cannot sanitize it. Mm 
We cannot mm -hmm. hold punches. We need to be direct and we need to be calling everything out for what it is. On a slightly funnier note, I want to say something personally in my life that's been pretty funny as a result of Indictment Watch, which has been going on now for a little over a week, which is that I keep having haircuts scheduled throughout <laughs> the week. And it's true. every time the grand jury meets and there may be an indictment <laughs> announced, I cancel my haircut. And so I've now canceled my haircut like two weeks in a row. And now I'm getting it to a point where I'm like desperate for a haircut. But I just, I, I just, I'm too worried to make an appointment though, because what if it happens when I'm gone? It's, and, and you, you know, know no matter, will. you and, know it will. You know what? Maybe I should book the haircut because it's obviously going to happen you know what? when mm -hmm. I am busy. But anyway, let's to, get into the good. Might have to take one for the team there, Brett. <laughs> let me, let me, let me just say this real quick. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. I know we talked about it, but like, seriously, shout out to the Midas Mighty. Yeah, we did it. Y'all did it. One million subscribers this month. And you know what? I called it. You know why I called it? Because I know you guys would not have let us down by any means. I know when the Midas Mighty is motivated, anything is possible. Brett, do we have the clip of me predicting that we get to one million subs this month? We do have it. And I think this was from what, Jerry? Like 10 days ago? 10 days ago when we were at 950,000 subscribers. This is what I said about the Midas Mighty. It's an easy phrase. It's the Midas Million Member so Subscriber easy. Marathon Month. The easiest phrase ever. We gained over 50,000 in the first half of this month. Do I you think, think we could do it. Do you think we hit it? Because we're... I think we hit it. You think we hit it? I think we hit it. Because it's 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 going to be close. It's going to come I right think, I It's it's all up to the Midas Mighty. Y'all have to share this channel. Get everyone. If you're not subscribed, subscribe right now. I, I'm saying it. We're going to hit it this month. Don't let me down. Let's go. And they didn't let me down. And Ben's wearing the same exact sweatshirt that he was wearing <laughs> 10 days ago. I'm not going to let that pass. Shout out to the Minus Marty. Y'all are the best. This is this is our collective movement. Thank you. And now we trot forward to 2 million. That's what we do. <laughs> I'm like a cartoon character. I'm like SpongeBob SquarePants or Doug Funny. It's, just, it's the same outfit every day. I was totally uh, exposed right there. But speaking about being exposed, I think the exponential growth, though, Brett, to your point, is the moment right now is, is so serious right and the forces against democracy here and abroad internationally they're making their move right they are trying to topple democracies across the world and here you have a situation unprecedented in american in recent american history at least where you have an entire political party You've got the modern day Republican Party that now calls itself MAGA. And they're just like, we don't care about democracy. And if you were to ask them, who would you rather have lead America? A Democrat or Vladimir Putin? Overwhelmingly, they would say they would want Vladimir Putin to run and rule America as a dictator. And frankly, Donald Trump's appeal to them is, is frankly no different and, and in that vein. And where it's so obvious and, and so clear and that there are no both sides here. This isn't, oh, the Republicans, eh, they're talking about small government and they have an interesting view on taxes and here's where they stand on foreign policy. No, it is a death cult. Every issue that exists 
where there could be common sense solutions, they take the side of it that's either criminal or death, right? Insurrectionists, you should say, we're against insurrectionists. They're for them. Political prisoners, not only are they for them, they're like weirdly for them, right? You know, this past uh, on Friday and over the weekend, they sent congressional delegations. Think about the prestige of a congressional delegation that's usually sent to like our allies to promote democracy and shared values. The Republicans sent a congressional delegation to the January 6th prisoner's wing in the DC jailhouse and treated the January 6th insurrectionists like heroes. Okay, you take an issue like a global pandemic, right? Global pandemics should be treated seriously. Pandemics bad. The MAGA Republicans just spread conspiracies around it and essentially root on the pandemic. It's really, really weird. Free and fair elections. MAGA Republicans against that. Only if they win will they accept the results of it. You, you can go down every single issue and then come up with what is the craziest position? What is the most fascist position? What is the most asinine way? to view this issue, that's where the MAGA Republicans will come out. But let's just look at like what the media says, you know, about some of these things. Like this is what the New York Times said leading into the Donald Trump rally. This is a direct quote from the New York Times, which basically says, uh, and this is about Donald, as he's going to Waco, right? The site where uh, Timothy McVeigh cites for his inspiration for the Oklahoma City bombing after the ATF validly executed a search warrant at this Branch Davidian compound. The Branch Davidians were a religious cult that was virulently anti-government. Frankly, if you look at Branch Davidian language about guns and government, it's hard to find a difference between what they say and what Marjorie Taylor Greene says. Frankly, if you go back and you read the types of quotes that Timothy McVeigh has stated, you would think if I didn't tell you that Timothy McVeigh said it, you would think that it is the statement being made by a modern day MAGA Republican. But this is what the New York Times says. They go, Donald J. Trump, the former primetime reality TV star known for his love of big stages and vast crowds, has embraced a more humbling and traditional style on the campaign trail in recent months, right? So here you have, you know, when, when a New York Times or these larger media networks, when they kind of criticize what we do, right? They go, you're, you're spending too much time on Trump. We're a plan at the large media networks. We ignore him. We should ignore him. That's the best way to deal with it. And as I always say, you, you don't ignore it. You actually romanticize him. And the reason we cover him here consistently is because he's trying to destroy our country. I don't know what is bigger news, right? Like what would be bigger news in Germany with the rise of Adolf Hitler than the rise of Adolf Hitler? Right. And so you're going to ignore it and come up with something and say, Adolf Hitler, uh, the former artist and World War II, World War I soldier, known for his love of large stages and his oratory skills, has embraced a more no. subtle. No. And by the way, it's not just New York Times. Like this is what the AP said. We're going to show you and we're going to play for you for our audio listeners what took place at this 
completely deranged rally in Waco. And, and this is what the AP says about it. They go, this is Associated Press. They go, Trump facing potential indictment holds defiant Waco rally. Facing a potential indictment, Donald Trump took a defiant stance at a rally Saturday in Waco. With a hand over his heart, Trump stood at attention when his rally opened with a song called Justice for All, performed by a choir of people imprisoned for their roles in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Like, doesn't that glorify, like, like doesn't it make it look like... How batshit crazy is that that statement right there that, that he's even doing that? It's completely romanticizing these events. And it's the problem with this notion of balance that the media has. And this is something that we often discuss on the show. They try so hard to view the Democratic Party and the Republican Party as just two different sides with differing ideas. But Ben, yeah. you know, I think you actually summed it up best this week. When you tweeted out, you said this, which I'll, I'll just repeat your statements for you. You said, our discourse needs to reflect the reality of the current political paradigm. It's not Democrat, liberal, progressive versus Republican, conservative. It's Democrat slash pro-democracy, which includes liberals, progressives, conservatives, and independent versus Republican, which includes MAGA, Trump, and authoritarians, which are often the same thing. And I think that is the paradigm we need to be looking at this country through right now. This is not a set of two ideas. When you have one entire political party, or at least the driving force of that political party, I don't want to act like it's everybody who's a Republican is like this, but certainly the driving force, the people who are in power, the people who are Speaker of the House, the people who run committees, the people who act as de facto Speaker when, the, when Kevin McCarthy is not there, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, when those people are openly supporting domestic terrorism against the United States, when they themselves are pushing for more domestic terrorism against this country, we need to be sounding the alarm and the mainstream media and everybody out there, pundits alike, and, and, and you out there who are listening to the show should not go out there describing these people as, oh yeah, those are just conservatives. Those are just, you know, you're run, running the mill, uh, regular, you know, politics, Democrats, Republicans, all, all, all the same. All, these are all the same. It's not the same. I mean, we have to understand, and we'll go through these Trump clips at the rally, but this Trump rally was a celebration of a domestic terrorist attack against the United States. Actually, it wasn't just a celebration of one attack. It was a celebration of multiple attacks yeah. against the federal yeah. government, while simultaneously the Republican Party in Congress is using the levers of power in order to attack those same institutions that Donald Trump is attacking from the dais at his rallies. And so you have it coming from all ends. But what's the what's the the thing, what's the connective tissue between the two? It's that these are attacks on our institutions. These are attacks on the fundamental values of the United States of America. And we need to all be cognizant of that and we all need to be on the offense regarding that. And Brett, to your point, the attacks from the leaders of the Republican Party so I want to take a step back to Ben's tweet. I mean, it, it's so right on because what do the Republicans have, right? They have this Twitter account called Lives of TikTok, right? Who will tweet out videos of students at colleges or whatever, just, you know, probably made the asses of themselves and say, look at this liberal freaking out about that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, 
I, I'm not going to fall into this trap. One, I don't even know who this student is or this person is that, that they don't represent me as a Democrat. Whereas you actually have the leaders of the Republican Party, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Gateses, the McCarthy's, the Trumps, who are attacking this country from within on a daily basis. That is at their highest level of leadership and government. Those people hate this country. Those MAGA Republicans are, are a threat to, to this amazing country that we all get to live in. Yeah, that's their counterpoint always. You know, when they, when you have Donald Trump and the Jim Jordans and the Comers and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Kevin McCarthy's and and the Gosars and, and the Boberts, you go through all of them. These are the lead, the Matt Gates. These are the leaders of their party. Um, and then they're and then they're also led by influencers like someone named Cat Turd. They look up to this influencer <laughs> account called Cat Turd. But these are real influential people. Yeah. By the way, Trump and the campaign cites Cat Turd as one of their polls about why he's beating DeSantis. Not they kidding. Say, not kidding. Not not kidding here. The Cat Turd poll. And then on the other hand, what then they'll do and create lib of TikToks or whatever they call it, they'll go and pick some random person to your point jordy who's at some some you know some some school who's who's yelling in a crowd who we don't even know if is a democrat or what they right. do and they go you see what the liberals are doing here's what the liberals are and it's like well that that person doesn't speak for me that person's not the leader that person doesn't have any actual leadership ability at all and that's part of the both sides trick that the media then kind of falls into and then pushes this false narrative oh they're just the left and the right, they're, they're, they're all extreme. They're all extreme. No, I mean, the bottom line at this point, the quote unquote left in America in many other countries would probably be a center right party if we're being totally honest about yeah. what the composition would yeah. be. Um, and like if you went to a, a, a lot of countries in Europe, like their right wing party is actually probably further left than the modern day Democrats are. But I, look, I like though ultimately a party in the Democrats, though, that that is a big tent party of progressives, of liberals, right, of people who, you know, left the Republicans but have conservative views, I, I, you know, independents, people not affiliated with political parties. I, I genuinely want the best ideas to prevail. I, I want to work hard to get the best ideas, and I want to grapple with that. The MAGA Republicans don't want to grapple with that. What they want to do is pick a little soundbite and then go, ha, 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 you see, you see, versus like have a real constructive conversation um, when Democrats are trying to have a real constructive conversation. And, and just look, we, we talked about this event in uh, Waco. Brett, you mentioned the MAGA Republicans in Congress held a hearing leading up to it, attacking the ATF. It was like called how the ATF is taking away your Second Amendment rights. They called it something like that. Then there was a trip to the January 6th insurrectionist with a congressional delegation. That's the name of the hearing. ATF's regular. So by the way, the hearing right here is actually called the, the committee is an oversight and accountability subcommittee on, on economic growth 
energy policy and regulatory affairs, right? And so the hearing that the Republicans hold in a an economic growth, energy policy and regulatory affairs is ATF's assault on the Second Amendment. When is enough enough? That's what they that's what they call it. Then there's the congressional delegation to uh, to to champion the insurrectionists, and then there's the rally that was sequenced on purpose in that fashion. And so here's how the event starts. Um, it begins with them saying, um, you know, put your hand to your heart to celebrate a new song called Justice for All by the January 6th choir. Here, if we have this clip, can we, can we, can we play this clip right now? Ladies and gentlemen, please rise and place your hand over your heart for the number one song on iTunes, Amazon, and the Billboard charts. Justice for All, featuring President Donald J. Trump and the J6 Choir. I mean, by the way, these are the people who attack Colin Kaepernick for taking yeah. a knee. I mean, let's be like, they put your hand over your heart for a song called Justice for All by the January 6th Choir. And then the and bet. I mean, these are the same people that hate on on anything that has to relatively do with celebrity. They had no problem pimping out. And the number one song on iTunes. I mean, these people are are caricatures of themselves. And then you got I, that. I, well, I also just want to mention because, you know, a lot of people from that shot, we couldn't actually see the screen that was playing, but the screen was playing footage of the insurrection while they had their hands on their hearts. So if you look through this uh, Trump uh, photo right here, you see the screen in the background with insurrection footage on the TV. So they were had their hands over their hearts, pledging allegiance not to the United States of America, but to an attack against the United States of America. That right there is absolutely horrifying and such a good point about, you know, the attacks they have on, on people who take a stand, uh, you know, during the, the anthem or rather take a kneel during the anthem. These people literally hands on their hearts attacking America. What could be more disgraceful to our national anthem and to our flag than leading a essentially a prayer, a pledge of allegiance, if you will, to the January 6th uh, insurrection. Are you kidding me? He, and then and then the event goes with Trump, you know, doing his greatest hits. This is Trump calling Putin and G uh, smart and like just praising them. That's a major part of the event here. Play this clip. I used to talk to Putin. I got along well with Putin. I used to talk to Putin about it. It's something he certainly had in his mind, never even talked about it. For four years, you didn't even hear about it. As soon as I was out or left or however you want to describe that catastrophe, they started putting soldiers on the border. But even then, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to get a piece. Now it looks like he'll end up probably getting the whole thing. But I've never seen anything like it, what's happened. And if you saw the other day with President Xi, smart, top of his game. President Putin, smart. Very smart people standing there talking about the world order for the next 100 years. That's one of the saddest things you can imagine. One of the saddest. I just want to say before before you get into the next clip, like I, I know that there are a lot of people, including probably people who watch us who go like the media shouldn't cover this guy. But to me, as we were saying earlier, the headlines after this rally, honestly, this should have been front page news. 
It should be front page news that the former president of the United States and top candidate for the Republican nomination for president is pledging allegiance to a terrorist attack against this country. I mean, just think let's let's get out of our like Trump adjusted mindset for one second and try to put yourself back to pre 2016 America and headlines and news and imagine a president or presidential candidate pledging allegiance to a domestic terrorist attack against the country. I just don't want to gloss over this quickly and say and and, and normalize it in any way. And I don't think the media should normalize it in any way. This should be front page news. This is horrific. And then sorry to interrupt then. But no, what, what, and, what and and then the media goes, well, we're, we're just not going to cover him. The best way to handle him is you ignore him. By the way, you, you then don't ignore him because we've showed you the New York Times story. We showed you the AP story where you take these uh, this speech and these and what we what we're seeing and you act like this is normal. Like to Brett, your point is not normal. Um, here he is basically talking about you know, how how we need more babies. And by the way, this is part of like the great replacement theory. You know, in, in terms of wh- why does he keep talking about like we need more babies? Um, it, it's part of this idea that he's trying to encourage white babies, basically. And that's the dog whistle here. Here, play the clip. We will support baby bonuses, so many people like that, for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. And when he says we need babies, let's be very clear who he's referring to there. Um, Here he is as part of this speech attacking the Manhattan District Attorney and again calling uh, Stormy Daniels the horrific name that he calls her. Here, play this clip. You know, uh, Marjorie is here. Truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape and the courts didn't want to even look at it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face. I never liked I never, it's just not, it's terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. This is something too that he's really ramped up recently. I mean, he's he's been doing it since he's been out of office, but especially in the past few weeks, especially as Alvin Bragg has gotten closer to an indictment, you see him more cosplaying as president. And so there, you first off, anyone around him, anytime he gives a public statement, anytime he has somebody speak on his behalf on TV, it's always President Trump, President Trump, President Trump. That's the language they always use. And he always uses that language, whether it's on Truth Social or whether he's on TV or whatever. And there he goes, and we have a great first lady, don't we? I'd agree. Dr. Jill Biden is a great first lady. That's not who he is talking about, though. He is trying to act like he is the pseudo president, another sick and deranged and detestable thing that he is doing there on the stage, not to mention the disgusting name calling. And and remember the, the headlines and the language that New York Times and AP used to describe this campaigning. Humble. His, his new humble style of campaigning, getting back to the issues, Great get, point. focusing on education. This is what they say about these rallies. And I actually had a lot of people, I did not see this myself, but a lot of people messaged me saying that on CBS, the local CBS affiliate, 
in Waco, which I believe is owned by Sinclair, which is a far-right television conglomerate. If you haven't seen the last week tonight uh, episode about Sinclair Media and their takeover over these local media stations, highly recommend you do it. They basically issue scripts to all of these stations and they have their super far-right MAGA agenda that they tout. But the local CBS affiliate, from what people told me, once again, I'm going off hearsay here, is that they describe this rally in glowing terms. And they said that there were 50,000 people in attendance and roaring crowds and Trump's powerful return to state. This is what they were saying. And people get this in Texas and they think this is my local news station. These are the people who I grew up with. This is these are the, this is this is the news that I trust. What? It's local news. This is this is just the straight news, right? This is just the straight news. It's not. It's not. It's act. It's it's Newsmax. It's OAN. It's or worse. It's worse because it's more evil. It's it's much more sinister than that because it's showing itself as a CBS affiliate and it's beaming themselves into everybody's home. It's far more sinister, in fact, than a Newsmax than an OAN. And just to clarify that point as well, before we get to the next clip, if you look at the overhead view, you see that there were not that many people actually at yep. this rally. They pack it in um, from the people who I saw online who were you know, pretty accurate about judging this stuff. I read that there are more like 2,500 people at this event. I think the stadium that they held in near only holds 15,000 and they held it in the parking lot because he doesn't want to pay, he doesn't pay for the actual events. They hold them in like parking lots. And if you look from above, you see the thing isn't even filled up. I mean, it's still horrifying that he could get a crowd, but you know, you could get, you could get a few thousand people to show up for anything, I think. But but to have CBS acting like there were 50,000 people and, and acting as Trump's personal Sean Spicer, the biggest crowds ever. I mean, it's it's sick and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I just want to call it out. And and a lot of people don't follow this stuff all, you know, very closely. So right. most, most people, people, you know, most people are just going about their day. They're hardworking Americans and they are being fed a diet of disinformation like they're just being lied to frankly though that's why everybody here who's watching this right now live who's watching it after the live who listens to it on uh podcasts that's why this movement is so important that you're actually now sharing these videos with people that you know who don't um, typically watch the news. I mean, that's why I think today we we got 7,000 or 8,000 new subscribers already as of right now, like in, in one day. I just think, I think people are craving the truth and people know they're being gaslit and they're looking for something and they can't really find it anywhere. And then they come to this network and you're like, yes, finally someone's just, someone's telling me the truth and showing me the clips and showing me the video. But that's why everybody watching here, again, make sure you subscribe right now to the YouTube channel, but make sure you share these videos, this YouTube channel, this network with anybody you know, you're really so important in spreading the message. That's the best way people can learn. And here, Brett, you mentioned this small crowd. Um, I want to show you this on on, on the topic of small crowds. So while you were just speaking, Ben, I went and I looked at the aerial footage and this was released by RSBN, the Trump propaganda network, as they flew over the rally to talk about the big crowds for Trump. I just watched this this second. 
and I took a screenshot of the crowd and I'm going to show our video listener, our video watchers right now, the screenshot of the crowd. This is from their cameras. Remember, this is from their overhead cameras. <laughs> Perhaps they shouldn't have showed this, but it really gives you a perspective about what this event looked like from above. Wow. I, I mean, it looks like a tiny little nothing event when you look at it from this aerial shot. This is the shot that you should show people when you look at these crowds and it shows you those camera angles they use, you know, are are used to deceive and act like it's a much bigger thing than it is. But that is like an empty lot right there with a smattering of people. Brett, Brett, you talk about uh, professional rake steppers uh, with like the MAGA Republicans. This RBSN or whatever the hell they are, they're professional rake steppers as far as media is concerned. I saw a couple clips this weekend of them just stepping in it. And honestly, it's like, it's being told the sky is orange when you watch that, when you watch RBSN or whatever they are. And, and we all know it's blue. And then they what show the you the sky. Yeah. Like this with the crowd, they they reported that this crowd was monstrous. Let's let's go to the aerial view, and the aerial view they like it's like you know a couple people. It, it, it's beyond pathetic and embarrassing. And just to your point, Ben, people are, are so frustrated about being gaslit by the media that they no, just want funny. the truth. I think it's called right side broadcast network. Whatever they are. Yeah. You know, one of the funny things about this whole Newsmax dispute where all of these right wingers were saying, you got to let Newsmax on. Like Newsmax is not watched by that many people. Like you want to do a straight comparison between the Midas Touch Network and Newsmax of who watches it. Like on any given day, millions of more people watch this, right? Yet you have all of these like right-wing MAGA people in their fascist way telling DirecTV, you need to bring back Newsmax or else. And then DirecTV like brings them back. It's like no one gives a crap about Newsmax at the end of the day, yet Fox is fearful of them. You know, just know out there that our numbers are bigger. Like I want you to know that no matter what, know that. But we just can't be exhausted. We can't be exhausted by it. We have to look at this and go, okay, now I take action. And that's why we show you some of these clips. Like here, I want to show you, this is from the beginning of the rally. Here were some of like the warm-up acts before Donald Trump. Uh, Ted Nugent, the country singer. This is people how- get, he- People get mad, Ben, I noticed in the comments when you call him a country singer. He's just a, a rock singer. I, I saw the comments. They were they were pretty vicious of your description as Ted Nugent as a, as a country <laughs> singer earlier today. So I'm just, no, I don't want to feel the wrath. Ben, don't get up. I'm, I see you looking at Brett like you're mad. He's just, he's just, Get in your back. Let's just, I just let's don't just feel the wrath of my mind. Can I just call him Ted Nugent a fascist? Yeah, I'll there just we go. I'm just go Ted <laughs> uh, Ted Nugent a fascist. This is this is how this is how he started. I want my money back. I didn't authorize any money to Ukraine to some homosexual weight weirdo. I want my money back. I mean, they're they're clapping for that. I, I don't even think I have to tell you how deranged that is. And you're right, Brett. I'm sorry to all the country music fans out there forever. I'm sorry for all the music fans out there in general with associating Ted Nugent with any music at all. This yeah. is the um, uh, MAGA Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas. This is what he had to say. Play the clip. When Donald Trump was president... There was no DEI or ESG or drag queen shows with children attending. He wouldn't have put up with that for one month. Uh, yes, d- d- diversity and drag queens began post 2020, as we all know. There were there were no diversity initiatives uh, prior to 2016, as uh, or prior to 2020, as as we all know in this country. I mean, come on, how does anybody buy this stuff? And that's the lieutenant governor of Texas. Once again, these are legitimate people who have power 
over people's lives. We're not picking apart just a random person. And there are plenty of random people there who are super kooky and, and we'll, we'll, we'll play some of that too. But yeah, well, I'll play you this one, dude, to your point though. This is though the random people, if you will. These are the supporters of MAGA right now. This is what it means to be a Republican in 2023. I just want you to think about that. Like how wild, how deranged is what I'm about to show you that this is like, this is what, this is a political view. So what I'm about to show you isn't like the Branch Davidian cult. Like these are actually what Republicans are. And this is why I think people who used to be Republicans, independents, people who are not affiliated with, with political parties start looking at this and go, Okay, I, I'm not with this crew. Like this is, right. this is whoa, 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 whoa. And so here I want to show I want to show you this. This is on their propaganda TV network. It's one of these. It's not RSBN. Yeah, it's it's who they elevate to. It's who they amplify. Exactly. And it's who they say this is what exactly. all Trump supporters should be. This is their example of a MAGA supporter. Not ours theirs. I'll play this clip for you right now. It's batshit. And I said, dear Mr. Bragg, I hope you had a restful weekend and had some time to be on your knees praying to our God Almighty about your decision regarding our precious, precious President Donald J. Trump. Mm. How would you like to be in his shoes? His torture brings to mind what Jesus Christ went through to save us. President Trump is our savior in this country. There's no one else who can make us whole and great again. Please do not continue to tarnish and persecute this precious, precious man. He is only a man. He is only human. And we are all human. Have forgiveness in your heart for all the damage that everyone has done to him. And please do not continue. Thank you. All right. What do you think, guys? That's beautiful. I like it. And keeping it classy, getting to the point and telling the truth. Keeping it classy. And so this propaganda network also, the, the male host who you hear, the male host is Ed Henry. He now broadcasts as part of this, what, what what's the real America's voice? I can't even keep track of these. Yeah, I think that's what they these, call it. These, these MAGA propaganda networks. But this is a guy, Ed Henry, he was a journalist on CNN, this guy. This guy was a CNN reporter. And then he was a Fox reporter. And now he works for this MAGA propaganda network. I mean, some of these people are like formerly legitimate people who have fallen into this cult and are pushing this propaganda from their authoritative stance, from their authoritative image. It makes it so much more dangerous. And once again, this is who this MAGA media is holding up as this is a MAGA supporter. It's a cult. That is, it's a sickness that we just witnessed there. And that was echoed by everybody who they talked to throughout the rally, spoke in similar terms. Trump is sacrificing for our sins. Trump, uh, uh, Trump is the second coming of Jesus. This is exactly what Jesus went through. I mean, these are sick thoughts that people are having. This, this, is, this is really deranged stuff. Couldn't agree more with you there, Brett. And here, like, I'll just show you this one clip. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, you know, she's elevated on all of these networks. I mean, she's, let's face it, she's probably 
number one, number two, most powerful Republican right now in the House of Representatives. Um, she's someone who Kevin McCarthy has allowed to serve as the um, kind of acting Speaker of the House on multiple occasions, and she presides over the House of Representatives. Here, this is what she had to say about uh, Alvin Bragg. Play this clip. Here we have a Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, on the verge of breaking the law as he's trying to please his master, George Soros, and bring these charges uh, charges against President Trump. It's unbelievable. Bogus. I mean, you think about how disgusting it is what she says, saying that Alvin Bragg pleasing his master, George Soros. Sure, I, mean, I mean, it is racist. It is anti-Semitic. It is a deranged conspiracy theory. You know, again, bringing George Soros into this is like George Soros. Are we talking about George Soros? You know, and they repeatedly do this over and over again. Yet the New York Times headline, the Associated Press headline, all of the local news headlines um, from Sinclair Media are all portraying this as a normal event as a normal rally. And when you normalize the behavior or when you ignore the behavior, that is and those are the ingredients where fascism can kind of stew and fascism can boil and fascism can then eventually creep up on you and take over. And frankly, this country in 2015 and 2016 was ill-equipped did not see it coming. Frankly, I consider myself to, I, I blame myself too. I blame myself for not stepping into this fight in 2018. I was just going on with my legal career and representing people and just kind of closing my eyes and covering my ears and just thinking someone else was going to come along. So someone else would, someone else would do it. And, and no, there, there, that doesn't exist. Right. So then finally in 2020 during the pandemic, me and my brothers, we founded the Midas Touch Network. We, we didn't have any real political background you know you know we, we we frankly didn't really even know what we were doing other than we wanted to <laughs> other than we wanted just to just just to say how we felt yeah and it started on a on a text chain it started on just us going back and forth and finally we were like okay like let's just let's let's post the tweet all right let's maybe do a video uh, let, let's write a story I, I don't know and then went from one follower to three or four and then this community took form truly grassroots you all formed the Midas Mighty, and we're humble to be a part of this group with you. And collectively, together, we can push back against this insanity. We could be the change collectively that we've been waiting for. And so I, I am so honored that we had 1 million subscribers on YouTube this weekend and that more people are watching this than any of that right-wing filth. And I think that's important to rebut some of the things you're seeing right there. We still got a lot to discuss, including um, new developments on indictment watch in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. We got to also talk about some new uh, events in the uh, Dominion lawsuit against Fox. We should also talk about the school shooting, another horrific mass shooting that took place today. We've got that and much more to talk about right after this quick message. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Now, the last few years especially have been a wild ride filled with my own personal self-realizations and growth. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Now, I personally have benefited directly from therapy, allowing myself to talk through and work through experiences in my past that were unknowingly having a major impact on the way I go about my day-to-day. Therapy is an incredibly helpful tool for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Now, over time, I've truly learned how to become the best version of myself. And look, therapy is for everyone, not just folks who may have experienced major traumas, because what you're going through, what you're working through, it matters and never discount that. Now, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Midas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Midas. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment Season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. Welcome back to the Midas Touch Hey, Ben, real, real, real quick. I just want to say to this, like, everybody's going through some stuff. You know, life is hard. Definitely check out BetterHelp. Use, use code Midas. Um, it's, it, it's really good. Just, just trust me on this. Jordy, tr- n- always trust Jordy. Never doubt Never don't, doubt. Don't doubt. We're, don't doubt. <laughs> We're back live on the Midas Touch podcast, and we remain on Indictment Watch here. The Manhattan District Attorney met again on Monday with, um, there was a witness who uh, arrived. We weren't sure who the witness was, although we learned it was uh, later in the afternoon, David Pecker, who was the previous publisher of the National Enquirer. Here's a few things that we know, though, about this uh, grand jury. It meets Mondays and Wednesdays, so it's not going to be meeting tomorrow on Tuesday unless something special happens that we're unaware of. It's always possible. I mean, this is a very unique circumstance, but the next day it would be scheduled to meet is Wednesday. We also know that these uh, grand juries, this grand jury in particular, meets in the afternoon. That's why we saw Pecker walk in at uh, 2 Eastern time. That's when the witnesses start. And so if there are no additional witnesses, that means just based on the data, there should be a vote on Wednesday. Now it's possible that for a variety of reasons like safety protocols or a juror could be sick, that they don't have a quorum, or there could be reasons why you'd push this into next week. But if Pecker is the last witness, the vote should happen on Wednesday, just following where the data is, where the grand jury would vote on whether or not to criminally indict Donald Trump. Now, David Pecker, the former publisher of the National Enquirer, led what was called catch and, and kill schemes for Donald Trump. In other words, when people would pitch the National Enquirer stories, the National Enquirer would buy stories. And they would buy stories 
for Donald Trump basically to kill the stories so that they would never see the light of day and they would enter into contracts with the people who would sell the rights to the stories. And that's what happened with the Stormy Daniels, although the National Enquirer never ended up buying that story. Instead, the National Enquirer referred Stormy Daniels and her representation, as the reporting goes, to Michael Cohen. And then Michael Cohen cut the deal on behalf of Donald Trump. And so one of the things that I think why you'd be calling Pecker back in for the second time um, is to reinforce the felony charge here. You have the falsification of business records uh, is a misdemeanor, uh, basically saying that the hush money payment was a legal expense on the Trump org books when it was not a legal reimbursement, right? It was it was a hush money, uh, it was a hush money payment. To make it a felony, it has to be in connection with uh, an election, or it could be some other crime. It doesn't have to be part of a campaign finance, but the proximity of the uh, uh, the fact that it was right before. Uh, an election, I think for a number of reasons, Pecker can further speak to yeah. why it was that he referred that to Michael Cohen. And the reason he did was because the election was coming up. <laughs> the election was coming up. And that's why it had to be dealt with in a way that it hadn't been dealt with before because of the proximity to the election. They couldn't just go about a normal catch and kill routine because of the election. So that's m one of the reasons I think you're calling Pecker back in. But Pecker's not a helpful witness to Donald Trump. Pecker was someone who was granted immunity by the Department of Justice, and w whether you think he should or shouldn't have, basically to testify in ways that was should have been unhelpful to both Cohen and Donald Trump. But ultimately, Cohen was the only person who um, ended up being criminally prosecuted out of it. And so Pecker, not helpful for Trump. It also shows that the Manhattan DA is not backing down from this. Pecker would be a witness that shows these things are, you know, that this is actually moving forward. And then I think the vote happens. Um, the vote will happen, I think, on Wednesday. But there could be a variety of reasons, again, why it gets uh, delayed, but it is heading in the direction still of indictment. And so Donald Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, did his mediator over the weekend as you well. Having fun and, saying these names today? I think you are. I, I'm, I'm having fun. Although, uh, if you want to watch, I, I, I try <laughs> to keep it. I try to be PG Ben here. But if you want to watch Michael Cohen's nickname for Joe Takapina, you could watch Political Beatdown, which is the show I co-host with. I thought. Uh, of, I thought of a great alternate headline though for the Midas Mighty for Pecker's appearance in front of the grand jury, and I think the Midas Mighty would appreciate it if I if I shared it. So alternate headline for this story trump's pecker put under microscope by manhattan a jury thoughts a plus a a plus big bro you nailed that absolutely smirk ben this is I, my, my i'm trying to come at first i like it smirk. i was trying to then basically you know i was trying to come up with something that i could basically be and the finding was that you know oh you're trying to build on you're trying to yes and okay you're trying, trying to, to i was trying to yes yeah. end it but there was no um, yes end you just kind of looked like it mad no no i liked it i was just my mind was trying to come up with a good I'm joke. just saying how it came off 
I apologize, Brett. It's a really good <laughs> said, joke. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't take offense. <laughs> really You'll think good. of it by the end of the episode, though. If you think of it, we could come back to it because I know the. But jeez, man, what are these names in the Trump circle? You got Pecker. You got Taka Penis. It's like, what? Like, who are these guys? <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's, cool. that's what. That's what Cohen calls them. When Ben, when way. Ben, when Ben brought up Taka Pina, that's that's that's. I. If you look at me when he brought that up, I was like cracking up because that's all but, I think about on political beatdown, uh, which everybody should watch. Uh, is when but, Cohen ben, references Taka Pina. To your point, yeah, everyone, uh, make sure you subscribe to Political Beatdown Podcast with Michael Cohen and Ben over here. It's 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 the best, and you're hearing directly from Cohen. I mean, how much better does it get than that for this investigation? I mean, come on, people. But seeing Takapina over the weekend do the rounds on these cable on the news shows, I was like, I think I texted the brothers. I was like, these guys know. They know they, they're not... They don't have to go on TV. Like it's not like the law where your attorneys have to make TV appearances because every time they go on TV, they just further incriminate their client and they themselves look they, they just demean themselves. And part of it, I, I think, and we've discussed this on past shows, I think part of it is a bit of a rite of passage of being in the Trump cult. It's sort of like an initiation ritual. Oh, you're on the team. <laughs> Here's what you gotta do. You gotta We're gonna pledge allegiance. You you gotta go. Yeah, this is this is how you pledge allegiance. Say you put your hand over your heart and pledge allegiance to Donald Trump. January, well, the you, January sixth. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You're you're gonna go on TV, and not just Newsmax and all the. You're gonna go and 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 you're gonna talk to Chuck Todd Chuck on Todd. Meet the Press. George Stephanopoulos and, and George Steph and just get humiliated and Ari, and Ari Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought. <laughs> I thought after the Ari Melber experience, I, I I thought they were never going to allow the guy on uh, a quote unquote unfriendly network again after the Ari Melber experience. But the guy just went back for more pain this weekend. And the comments he made really are highly incriminating statements that, that he it's made so about good. Donald Trump. So before we get into these clips, just a few things to say. And look, I know this is an incredibly serious moment in our history, but like the guy's pure comedy. Like he's hilarious in every interview because he's a total unhinged lunatic. I actually text the brothers. I'm looking at the text right now. This was this was last night. I go, real question. Why is Takapina doing these interviews? Like it, it, <laughs> he doesn't need to be doing these interviews. And the only conclusion that I could come up to is we once called like Ted Cruz, um, no, not Ted Cruz. We called Mitt Romney a, a, a BDSM Republican. Just because, about all like, of them. He, yeah, just about all of them because they just love they love the hate that their own party gives them. And so like uh, this Takapina, he's going on all of these shows and making himself look like a bigger <laughs> buffoon than the next show. And he knows he's doing it. He's a BDSM lawyer, Ben. A BDSM yeah, that, lawyer. That's why I call it a self-flagellation tour because he's there. <laughs> Right before he's like, he's like hitting yeah, himself they, on the back with They his... get off on the humiliation. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to go on Chuck Todd, though, like the whole strategy, right? You should go on Chuck Todd first, you know, and kind of warm up to Stephanopoulos and Ari Melbourne. <laughs> you, you, you know, Chuck Todd, if you give Chuck Todd the ability to look at the other interviews, then Chuck Todd knows where to hit you, you know? So if you're going to do this tour, you start with Chuck Todd, then you do Stephanopoulos. Then you go Ari Melbourne. That just would be, I'm not trying to give them advice because it's already happened. So too late. But this is Takapina <laughs> responding to Chuck Todd about uh, w w what his view is of Donald Trump calling Bragg a Soros-backed animal. Play this clip. Called him a degenerate psychopath. And he called him a Soros racist in reverse, saying this is the Gestapo. Um, as his lawyer, do you stand by those comments? So, 
Chuck, as his lawyer, I, I, I want to dissect this case because it's a case that shouldn't be brought and wouldn't be brought up for anyone other than Donald Trump. Let's be clear about that. Does anyone actually think, left, right, or in the middle, that, that anyone else will be prosecuted for making a civil settlement in a hush money case with personal funds. Um, of course not. No one's ever been prosecuted for that. You know, the closest we've come is John Edwards back in the day where a donor paid $900,000 um, for his his mistress and, and the child um, to be you know housed somewhere. Um, that case was ultimately dismissed by Department of Justice after they couldn't get a conviction, and that was with the donor. The distinction here is, is so vast, and, and it's clear to anyone, whether you're on, again, if you're supportive of Donald Trump or detract or don't like anything about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. we should all be concerned as citizens in this country about the weaponization of, of a prosecutor's office, and that is what this is. In my, I swear what? to you, in my yeah. 30 two years as both a prosecutor and a defense lawyer. I've never seen an abuse of discretion like this. Well, you say that. We don't know what the charges are yet. We have no idea what the charges are, but I, I go, go back well, to, is it no, it, I would do you have advise an, I a do client? Have an idea. Would you advise a client to personally attack a, 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 a prosecutor like this? I mean, it's dehumanizing, Mr. Takapina. You know, Chuck, I know, I, again, I'm not his social media consultant. Um, I, I don't. I think that was an ill-advised post that one of his social media people put up, and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric and the photo that was attached to it. But that being you're said, only referring I, to the baseball bat. He didn't take down the other rhetoric. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're referring to the baseball bat thing, which of course right. was featured in the New York Post cover. New York right. Post thought it was right. a pretty, uh, a pretty rough hit, and there wasn't that. I mean. Here's the thing. We, we went through January 6th. So it's not like a possibility that Trump's rhetoric creates violence. It's already happened once. Are you not concerned this could happen? Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not accepting that proposition that his rhetoric created violence. I think violence was was on the way um, that day. But I'm not here to discuss. When he says, "By the way, I'm not going to accept that premise that his actions created violence on that day." One of the incredible things about Takapina too is that he's previously taken a number of positions against Donald Trump, and so Takapina represented an insurrectionist in a sentencing hearing where he. He literally said it was basically Donald Trump's fault uh, that raised the rhetoric and that led to his client at that time, which, by the way, was Julian Cotter. He represented he represented the guy who attacked and assaulted Capitol Police Officer Sicknick, who died as a result of the assault. And in that sentencing memorandum. That's what his position was. His position was it was all of this rhetoric created at the highest levels is a direct quote from Takapina's legal brief. There, there it is, just so you can all see it. It says, a climate of mass hysteria fueled by the dissemination of misinformation about the 2020 election originating at the highest level gave rise to a visceral powder keg waiting to ignite. And that is precisely what occurred. Takapina wrote that. Okay, here's his so, signature right here signature. on the document. <laughs> like we on. have a signature, and this isn't even this is an ancient history. This isn't even two years ago. This is, Four this months is ago. just this just happened. 
few yeah, months like ago. Four months ago, yeah, like four months ago, he wrote that. And um, by the way, Chuck Todd did a great job in the interview. I, I I tend to not be a Chuck Todd fan, but he's been stepping up to the weirdness of this moment week in and week out. So, so shout out Chuck Todd, man, keep up the great work. And but why doesn't anyone bring that up? Like that's an excellent point. Takapina has done the rounds. Like I've never seen uh, an analyst just just call it out point blank as as, as swiftly and as smart and brilliant as you guys did. That's why you people know, that, come to why, the Midas Network. But but also, you, you, know, you know, it's not only and and all Republicans <laughs> do this. It's not only the deflection on air that bothers me. It's just the cowardice. It's the utter cowardice. It's the, oh, I think there was probably just a social media consultant who posted that uh, footage. Uh, it was probably just a social media guy who did it. Uh, what, Can you go deeper? Because his voice is like hilariously <laughs> deep. Every time I watch a clip, no, like it gets deeper that's, and deeper. That's, that's probably the deepest. It's such a great point though, Brett. It is, the it's the gaslighting and it's, they're too weak to even say this is this is how i feel like okay you know you know you want to just say oh it's a george soros funded whatever like okay just say how you feel you know what you're doing stop with the bs and just go out and say how you feel and ultimately if you support terrorists just tell the people you support terrorists you know you, you you're going to try your first instinct is to blame the january insurrectionist on a boogeyman called antifa that you made up that doesn't have a leadership structure that isn't even like a real thing it's antifa antifa da da <laughs> you know so we like of the republican party to take a trip to the dc jails to uh, hang out with antifa and have a song with the j6 choir made up of antifa and BLM like there's just no even consistency with and when life. you see Brett when there's like a when there's like an incident that happens too, you know whether it's like the, the Department of Justice executing a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago right like because the truth has doesn't matter at all to them they like try a bunch of different things like and and there's no consistency between them and so it's just like a barrage lie 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 because it just doesn't matter it's like well we weren't even we weren't even served with a search warrant. It's like, okay, yes, 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 you were. The FBI planted it. It's like, no, they, 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 they didn't plant it. You know, they're, they're you know, they're, anyway, you keep going on and on and on. You, you Chuck, Chuck, point. Chuck, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, 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 Chuck. So this next clip of Joe Takapina, you have Chuck Todd pressing him. Oh, oh, he makes a fatal mistake here. And I want you to look at Joe Takapina's face when he realizes what he just said. Joe Takapina tries to equate that everything that Donald Trump does with the Trump organization is Donald Trump's personal actions. Remember, the Trump organization was just convicted on multiple felony counts, more than a dozen felony counts. And here you have Donald Trump's lawyer saying that everything that happens at the Trump organization is a reflection of Donald Trump personally. Just watch, watch Joe Takapina's face. Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes here when Chuck Todd confronts him on this one. You keep saying it's personal funds. That is not what Michael Cohen pled guilty to. This was funds where he was repaid by the Trump organization, Trump signed the checks. No, one of them incorrect. that was there. So you call it incorrect. personal funds. It is. It is in a court of it law. It's been funds. proven that it was Trump organization funds. It's personal funds. It was not funds related to the campaign. That's the distinction. But he used a Trump organization not check. Campaign finance laws. But but Chuck, that's personal. That's personal. It has no. So everything to do with the Trump with organization the is Donald Trump's person. I mean, you realize the door you're opening there. 
Chuck, Chuck, you're, you're, you're absolutely conflating issues, and, and they don't go together. They just don't. This is a case that is being investigated because, allegedly, Donald Trump had an obligation to notify the FEC. Okay, the Federal Election Committee. Mm -hmm. He did not. The FEC has come forth and said that. This has nothing to do with whether he paid it through his organization, through a corporation, or his personal funds. These were personal funds. By all accounts, these were personal funds, not campaign funds. It's personal campaign, whether it's Trump organization, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. the person, you know, Mar-a-Lago Corporation, whatever it is. They're personal and not yeah. campaign funds. And that's the key distinction here. If they were campaign funds, we'd be having a different discussion. We'd be talking about how he used campaign funds to pay personal expenses, and they'd be baiting for an indictment, as I said earlier. But again, what this investigation may end up being is about the, uh, essentially, the falsifying business records. Yeah, and that's the part, by the way, of the case that a lot of people are glossing over of what is happening in New York, Jordy, with the facial impressions. Butchuk, Butchuk, I would love to play poker with Takapina, man. Butchuk, with, 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 with all these attorneys. But you have to remember, it's not just the Stormy Daniels piece that the Manhattan DA is investigating. They're also investigating Donald Trump for criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. And Donald Trump's attorney just <laughs> went on TV, went on TV, and said that Donald Trump and the company, no distinction there. I mean, how else could you make it worse? I, I don't know how you can make it worse for your client if, if an indictment comes down. What, what, what if Alvin Bragg, Bragg, what if Alvin Bragg, I don't know if this is you know the, the reality. It would be, though, the most incredible strategist if he was like, you know what? <laughs> if I just drag this on for two or three weeks, they're just going to keep on admitting to all the other crimes. And so, and so all he did by dragging it out one more week is got Donald Trump's lawyer to admit to actually the bigger case, like the Stormy Daniels case. <laughs> right. Imagine, you know, like if you go fishing, right? And the Stormy Daniels case is like the bait, right? You know, when you're trying to catch, you know, the, the shark or the big barracuda. So you put the hush money case out there, you know, which is if it's a felony, it becomes a four year sentence. But the bigger one that is uh, currently being tried as a civil lawsuit by the New York Attorney General, and that case is set to go to trial October 2nd. The criminal version of that, remember, that's the case that Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn resigned because they thought that one wasn't being prosecuted. Um, but Alvin Bragg, to his credit, has always said, no, I'm still focused on that one. I'm just basically going in a different order than you'd like me to go. So imagine you throw the Stormy Daniels one out there and then you basically just get Trump to admit to all the other crimes and now you've got Trump's lawyer on tape basically oh, saying so that. good. So yeah. good. <laughs> and then and then and then look, he goes further. Look, look look, look at what Takapino <laughs> look at it's it could be look whether that happened or not, that was the result of the delay. But let's look at what Takapina says um, about what, what what's Donald Trump supposed to put on his person his personal ledger. Even more incriminating. Play this clip. His legal fees was invoiced by Michael Cohen, who arranged this on his own with his own money initially. He took out a loan, literally resolved this without the president knowing. Came back and then sent a bill in for four times the amount over the course of a year. It was paid off as legal fees, as was the invoice. Right. But what would he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had, so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? If there's no nothing wrong with How about the truth. You, want, your you keep saying what should be the Ledger? Chuck. Should it Chuck, be the truth? Chuck, Chuck, 
<laughs> that what, what, would you ever put a four paragraph <laughs> oh sentence, Ledger? Chuck, you're being I, I, honestly. I think you're being a little petty when you're looking at this. You're being petty when you're uh, looking at uh, this. Come petty. on, Chuck, Chuck Todd's supposed to ask questions. Why is he being petty? It was like the easiest. It, Chuck Todd asked the most basic question. Like, shouldn't he just tell the truth? You're being petty. You you're being petty, Chuck Todd. But if you want to know who's really being petty and frankly is engaged in, I think, criminal weaponization, it's Jim Jordan and. James Comer, right? These are the people who create the weaponization committee and they want to investigate how the DOJ is being weaponized. Meanwhile, Donald Trump and Bill Barr actually weaponized the DOJ to attack Donald Trump's political enemies and use the DOJ literally as Donald Trump's personal law firm. But Jim Jordan keeps on sending more and more letters to Alvin Bragg, like just keep sending him letters. Jim Jordan's staff keeps calling Alvin Bragg staff over and over and over again. And they have no basis for this, right? Like it, these MAGA Republicans, they're so inconsistent. These are the people who are who claim, oh, you know, we're for small government. Local prosecutors should have their own path. And now they want to use a House committee to interfere with a local prosecutor's criminal investigation involving falsification of business records under New York law. And the auspices of it, I don't know if you caught this, what they well, say is like their legislative purpose is they want to investigate passing legislation to immunize uh, presidents, former presidents from any crimes. And that is what their focus is on. And it says it, uh, it says it right there. For example, as we have explained in detail, the committee on the judiciary is examining whether legislative reforms are necessary to insulate former and current presidents from politically motivated prosecutions by state and local officials. I mean, how humiliating is that? And finally, Alvin Bragg's office. So someone in Alvin Bragg's staff kept on getting called by Jim Jordan's like <laughs> annoying staff. Yeah. So creepy. And so and so one of Alvin Bragg's like staff members said, look, your committee has no jurisdiction over us. You're wrong. Please stop calling us with this bullshit and hung up on him. Um, that was so the most good. Good. Alvin thing Bragg ever. posted a tweet to Jim Jordan's recent letter because I guess that's the only way you can communicate with Republicans. You have to like tweet at them like you can't have normal discourse. Um, and Alvin Bragg's uh, most recent post said, we evaluate cases in our jurisdiction based on the facts, the law and the evidence. It is not appropriate for Congress to interfere with pending local investigations. This unprecedented inquiry by federal elected officials into an ongoing matter serves only to hinder, disrupt, and undermine the legitimate work of our dedicated prosecutors. As always, we will continue to follow the facts and be guided by the rule of law in everything we do. But also to my uh, hypothetical of what Alvin Bragg may be exposing by just, you know, methodically going about this is you see like all of the, uh, you know, the MAGA unlawfulness like surface as part of their exactly what they tried to do on Jan and did on January 6th, right? Like it is a very basic playbook that they always go back to. And inevitably, it is it is violence. It is photographs of Donald Trump holding a baseball bat, you know, depicting himself bludgeoning Alvin Bragg, right? It is statements calling Alvin Bragg human scum. It is statements calling Alvin Bragg an animal. 
it, it is inevitably that's what happens. And the MAGA Republicans always show very quickly who they are. And so that's, that is my theory. I'm sticking by my theory that that's what Alvin Bragg I like uh, it. I is, like it. is doing. Just a quick update on special counsel Jack Smith as well. That CBS reported that special counsel Jack Smith is continuing to aggressively investigate uh, criminal charges against Donald Trump and is focused on a conspiracy to obstruct the congressional proceeding. You know, very focused on that. We knew that before, but, you know, to hear it from sources with knowledge, I think, you know, just layers on to what we already know. And the reporting notes that Jack Smith is tightening his investigation and that the latest updates of compelling these people in Trump's world, Jack Smith won major victories at the end of last week where uh, the federal judge found that executive privilege doesn't apply. So all of these Trumpers in the inner circle are all going to be uh, testifying um, now before the grand jury, people like Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and wow. you know, and all that. It's, it's, it was a really, really big, big ruling. And so, you know, this is just making Trump lose it even more than he already has, if you could even uh, imagine that. Brett, can you give us a little bit of an update of, of what's been going on, though, um, in Nashville, uh, Tennessee? I, I think it's important that we at least touch on it briefly here for its uh, significance, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, another just horrible, tragic, avoidable uh, school shooting in in Nashville. I mean, it's it's a story that we just see so much of every single day, and I, I think it's just so important that none of us get numb to this because right. this is not normal, and we have to make it clear that this is not normal. And the reason this persists is because of government policy. It's because of Republican policy. If I'm being pointed about it and, and being clear. No other country deals with this issue of of mass shootings. I, I know we've had just about one or, or possibly more, I think more than one mass shooting a day, every single day of this year. We hear about certain ones that happen in schools and whatnot, but just think about that for a second. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable. So today uh, we learned that six people were killed in Nashville. It was at the Covenant School, a, a private Christian school in Nashville, and included three students. And this was a, uh, I think it was a K through six school. Young young children were shot and killed, and and everyone who was shot died. Uh, two teachers were killed, and the shooter was killed after during this shooting. Um, it's just the suspect was armed with two assault style rifles and and a handgun, and it's just. You know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just at a loss for words at this point. Honestly, I, I don't think that any of us could really appropriately channel our rage, our frustration, our desire to want to do more to help. And it's just a become such a fact of life in the United States of America to live day in and day out with these shootings and it, it's it's really difficult i mean that, that that's all i'm going to say and and we need to keep pushing for common sense gun safety reform here things that frankly every other country does i i mean no no other country has a major political party who views weapons of war as something that everybody should have who interprets <laughs> these are people who interpret the united states constitution 
as allowing for insurrections, as saying everybody should be able to get whatever guns, whatever weapons of war they want, because if they disagree with the government, guess what? They should be able to use their weapons against the government. That's that's what they tell us. That's that that's their view of the Second Amendment. Could not be more wrong. That's what these Republicans think of the Second Amendment. And every time this happens, you hear them try to blame absolutely everything, everything. Mm-hmm. except the problem that is staring us right in the face. So today, of course, the first thing that they went to was, what's the commonality between all of these shootings? What's the one thing that all these shootings have in common? Any normal person would go, the guns, the assault weapons, perhaps, the the ease in which people could get their hands on assault weapons, maybe. Maybe that's it. If you said that, guess what? You're You're wrong. Because you know what the foxes of the world said today? You know what these MAGA people, these Republicans, you know what they said today? It was doors. Door. The commonality in all these things, everyone, all these schools have doors. I'm not lying. Here's Fox blaming doors on the shooting. The doors. They blamed the doors. And, and just for the record, all the doors were locked at this school. They always just want to also exacerbate the problem. They want to add on to the problem. They want to make the problem worse. When when one of these problems arises, when there is a shooting, they say, what we need is more guns, actually. We need more guns. All the kids should have guns. Everybody should have guns. The school should basically be a prison. The school should basically be a prison. Military should be walking down and these are the people who pretend to give a damn about life. These are the people who pretend to give a damn about, oh, we need to take care of the kids. Oh, save the kids from the drag show. Save the kids from the books. Ban the books. Ban the books. Ban the drag shows. Meanwhile, they let guns run rampant in these schools. I mean, just today, you even had Ron DeSantis, the far number two, the far, far below Trump, number two candidate for president, one of the Republican main voices in the Republican Party who's running for president in Florida. He says, you know what? This, this he, he was giving the speech basically while the shooting was yep. happening. I want to specify. I don't even know if he knew the shooting was happening while he was saying these words, but he was pushing for more guns, that there should be permitless carry in Florida, and he wants to get as close to possible as he can on that. Here was DeSantis from while the shooting was occurring today. Now, in terms of the, um, uh, the, the the constitutional carry, I mean, I'm for everything. I've said that from the beginning. And um, but, but if they send me something that is 90 percent or 80 percent, I mean, I'm going to take that win and we come back for more uh, at some time in the future. Yes, sir. Take that win. And I also want to, you know, just uh, I want to point out the language, too, that they use to describe this permitless carry, which anyone could have a gun. Anyone could have a gun right on their right on their person, could walk around anywhere, supermarket, school, wherever they want with the gun, they could they could have the gun on them. They use the term constitutional carry to try to act like this is something constant. Oh, the Constitution, everybody should have weapons of war on them at all times. And I want to highlight the, the heroism of this woman I saw today. I know a lot of you have probably seen this clip of this is a mother who was on vacation in Nashville. And this was a mother who was a survivor of the shooting that happened in Illinois not too long ago. She survived that shooting. She's on vacation in Illinois. Happens, this shooting occurs. And she sees the cameras. They're doing the press conference. Fox is up. And she takes over the Fox press conference live as the Fox cameras were on her and delivered an incredibly powerful 
important and poignant message. You got to watch this clip. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. They cut the sound Family for a second. vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon. All right. So uh, we're going to break away there because that reporter who was using that camera is uh, obviously setting up to do a, a live report there. But the woman said it quite succinctly aren't you tired of this yes we are tired of this yeah and fox who who that is is the one pushing for just weapons of war to be on the street at all times and and just to set the stage also to what's happening around this literally tomorrow if you're listening to this today tuesday the GOP-led Judiciary Committee was set to pass a resolution that would actually make it easier for mass shooters to obtain pistol-stabilizing braces. And, and Representative Eric Swalwell, Democrat Eric Swalwell, called them out for this after the shooting. And they said, you still holding this hearing tomorrow? Are you actually going to pass this policy tomorrow? That's what you're going to do. And Eric Swalwell shamed them. So what did they do? They, of course, did not take it off the table, but they decided to postpone it because the optics of it looked bad. We're going we're gonna to postpone that. That's, that's what they decided to do. The Tennessee Republicans, remember this happened in Nashville. This year, they banned drag shows. During the same year, they moved to significantly expand gun access to the state via a series of bills, one of which lowered the carry age from 21 to 18. This is what they were focusing on. Ban drag shows, more guns. And just a couple of years ago in 2021, the governor, Bill Lee, announced permitless open carry of firearms, exactly what DeSantis was just pushing in Florida. And as we said in the intro of the show, here is Representative Andy Ogles, Andy Ogles, who represents this exact district. This was his holiday card that he posted, him and his young children fetishizing weapons of war, holding AR-15s, smiling in front of their Christmas tree. This is the example that Republicans are setting here. So folks, when we say that this is all coming from one side. Here's the evidence laid out before you. This is what's going on. The GOP last week, as we were talking about earlier, held a hearing attacking the ATF for dealing with guns. Even just today, just today, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene in the midst of all this going on. Did Marjorie Taylor Greene rush to demand help for the children who were killed during this horrific attack? No, what Marjorie Taylor Greene did is she went down to a gun shop in Georgia to defend this gun shop because they were getting a routine inspection from the ATF. And so today, and any day this would be absolutely despicable and disgusting, but today, as these children were shot, Marjorie Taylor Greene thought it was a good idea to go down to her gun shop and defend their right to sell unfettered weapons of war and put them on the street. This is the Republican Party. And, and Biden came out, he gave some preliminary statements. I like that Biden doesn't try to get ahead of it and, and try to speculate and, and say anything before he has the full story. Mm -hmm. But what Biden said was, he, he laid it out straight. He said, it's sick. 
We have to do more to stop gun violence. We have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. And he called on Congress once again to pass his assault weapons ban. Here's President Biden from today. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly within minutes and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know, and uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. One of the things that uh, Jamie Raskin, he said last week, he said, these MAGA Republicans have an insurrectionist view or interpretation of the Second Amendment, where they say the reason they need these assault weapons essentially is for a revolution against the government. They view themselves as the militia to destroy the government. And that's why they think there should be no limits on it. But as Jamie Raskin pointed out, as I want to show now, that's just very clearly rebutted by the United States Constitution. And this is where, you know, Republicans would say, oh, we are strict textualists. Every word has a meaning and we must look at every word total BS, like everything they do, it's all performative. Because if you look at the Second Amendment, a sec- the Second Amendment is one of the only places in the Constitution that uses the word regulation, okay? And it says a well-regulated militia, well-regulated, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans just say, all this means is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed ever. They ignore a well-regulated militia and they ignore the the portion that says being necessary to the security of a free state. And where it's important being necessary to the security of a free state and a well-regulated militia is when you then look at the militia clause Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, the power to call forth the militia. The Constitution is very clear when that takes place. And it says the Congress shall have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasion. The very essence of when you would call forth a militia is actually to suppress 
the insurrection, which is the very thing that the MAGA Republicans say is the reason that you need the Second Amendment to essentially permit an insurrection against the union. That is, and, and it's not even a close call right there. Whenever we talk about common sense gun reform and the MAGA Republicans position. I, I always read this quote because I think it is important. And I always ask our viewers and our listeners to think who may have said this quote. And the quote is, the government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to they have to control the people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control. And I always ask, who do you think said that? And I always hear, oh, it's is it Lauren Boebert? Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it Matt Gates? Is it uh, DeSantis? No, it's Timothy McVeigh who said that. It is Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, who, by the way, connecting this whole episode, who was inspired by what took place in Waco to commit the Oklahoma City bomb uh, bombing. Um, and that's where Trump spoke over this past uh, weekend to give his campaign rally. And so it, it, it is the exact same rhetoric that MAGA Republicans use. It, it is Timothy McVeigh's rhetoric. It is the Branch Davidians who inspire Timothy McVeigh in Waco, where the Republicans went to hold their cult rally. But then just compare this. We always need to compare this to what's going on in the land of normalcy. And let's just pull up one of the messages that Biden's been talking about as we talk about all this craziness that's going on right now. This is him talking about Medicare and Social Security, right? We're strengthening Medicare and Social Security. My budget would extend the life of the Medicare trust fund beyond 2050. Meanwhile, MAGA Republicans in Congress are threatening to gut it. Let's pull up another one about the Affordable Care Act. Expand. This is what Biden wrote. The Affordable Care Act expanded Medicaid to cover millions more people. That means more cancers detected early, more mental health treatment available, and and less medical debt. Let's pull up another one about organizing. Um, let's, uh, we, we could pull up the last one, Brett, then go to organizing. Um, extreme MAGA House Republicans' proposals would rip food assistance away from families. It would put 1.2 million women, infants, children in jeopardy. My budget would put food on the table in school cafeterias and in American homes. The next one from President Biden. I'm sick and tired of companies breaking the law to keep workers from organizing. It's time to pass the PRO Act. Workers have a right to form a union. Look, these aren't in all caps. This isn't calling, you know, posting baseball bats and threatening prosecutors, right? This is why we have a government. And when I think about political leaders, I want adults in the room who are grappling with an objective reality and trying to solve problems. And as I always say, do I agree with President Biden on everything? Or do I agree with the Democratic Party on everything? I, I don't. Uh, 
Um, and there's, you know, sometimes it's with the degree, it's how we prioritize certain things. I, I don't, I don't agree with them on everything, but I do know that they are adults in the room trying to solve actual problems and talking about the problems and actually passing legislation on things that I think we should all care about, right? Like we should care about jobs and and better wages, and we should care about making healthcare affordable and accessible. We should make education affordable and accessible. We should promote equality. We should make sure women can control their bodies without people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates telling you what to do with your body and criminalizing your right to control your body. It's absolutely disgusting. We should be uh, passing legislation to protect our veterans and to support our troops, right? We should be focused on protecting Social Security and Medicare, looking out for our seniors, supporting our veterans. Like, you know, it's not about, oh, I'm holding a constitution and I'm wagging it around and let me just throw a flag around and wave it around while I praise January 6th insurrection. What are you doing? You know, we show uh, we show that we're patriotic here in the pro-democracy community through our conduct each and every day. And we reject cult behavior. We Donald Trump stands for everything that this country is not for. You know, that is we created this country, our founders created this country because of the disaster of Trumpian authoritarians throughout history. And where we've become a beacon of light to the world is because of our democracy. And now you've got this, 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 this really dangerous mix of a Republican party that's given up on democracy fueled as well or supported or bolstered by propaganda media from the Murdochs and from these right-wing fascist families that don't give a crap about our democracy either. And they view, by the way, they don't give a crap about capitalism either. They want, they want a Putin-style oligarchy where they could just get all the benefits handed directly to them, the way it goes on in Putin's Russia, the way it happens in North Korea, the way it's happened in dictatorships in the past. And so this confluence of factors also happens, though at the same time, the Dominion trial is set to take place in, in, in next month. I, I think that the lawyers for Dominion have done such a good job on behalf of democracy, on behalf of truth. And you see the dominoes as they continue to fall. We talked earlier about Alvin Bragg and the dominoes falling there as by pursuing justice, those forces against justice rear their heads and show you who they are, right? And as Dominion just very basically pursues the truth, the facts, the facts, right? The people on Fox don't believe anything they say. They're not just fascists, they're, they're cowards, they're liars. They say one thing and then behind the scenes, they, they mock their viewers. They mock, the, they mock Republicans. They mock the modern day Republican party. They're embarrassed by them. They just do it for money. They just do it for money. 
And the dominoes continue to fall there as well. And an amended complaint was filed by, uh, I think her name is Abby Grossberg, who's a former producer on Tucker. As of last week, she was still a producer. She got fired after she brought her initial lawsuit last week. So she filed an amended complaint on Monday for retaliation for being fired. And in connection with the lawsuit, she attached what's called an errata sheet. Errata, E-R-R-A-T-A. That's an errata to her deposition. And her deposition was taken back on September either 12th or 13th or 14th of 2022. And she states in this errata sheet that her testimony that she gave back in September of 22 was tainted by the coercion and intimidation of Fox's lawyers who told her to lie, to tell her to testify that she just couldn't recall things that she actually could recall, and to lie about things like an interview with Rudy Giuliani was pre-recorded. And Fox could have just edited out the lies, but she was told to lie, she alleges, by Fox lawyers to say it was live to tape and it couldn't be edited out. Pretty critical material stuff. So she's saying, look, they intimidated me. They threatened me. They gave me this horrific advice and she's calling out Fox. And that's the thing too, though. She was part of this machinery of disinformation, but eventually- what they all realize too is, is the old adage that then they come for you. Then they come for you. And I, and I saw it on, I think, MSNBC where uh, I'll find the guest. They go, they go, Mike Pence is probably the whitest guy there is. And Donald Trump came for Mike Pence to kill him. And so if they came for Mike Pence, you don't think they're going to come, you know, they, you know, they don't, you don't think they're going to come for you and they will always come for you. They will always otherize you. If you're not a member of the cult, you are a rhino. They call you a uniparty, whatever. They call you total scum. They dehumanize you. And that's why integrity matters. The truth matters. Our democracy matters, and you can't be led astray by this fascistic, despicable system that these MAGA Republicans want to hoist up. They'll come for you. They'll, they'll cannibalize each other. And look, as, as, we, as we do mark one million subscribers here, at the Midas Touch Network, I am, I am relieved. I'm comforted by the fact that I know our numbers are actually growing faster than their numbers. More people are joining this pro-democracy movement than are joining their movement. Each and every time we do one of these lives, we see that it is usually in the top three or four of all YouTube lives in the entire world of all YouTube. And more people watch this than watch some Fox shows. More people watch this a day, the Midas Touch Network, than watch Tucker and Hannity and Laura Ingraham essentially combined. Think about that. More people watch the Midas Touch Network than those three combined when you add up all of the YouTube views that we have in one day. 
and why that is important. It is important that we educate people together with the truth, explaining to people the importance of democracy, explaining to people that we love our country and that these MAGA Republicans have co-opted, they've hijacked our symbols. They've hijacked the flag for their fascism. They've hijacked the constitution and they've hijacked these terms, patriotism, of love of our country, of the USA chant. They've hijacked it to undermine it. And we love our country and the pro-democracy movement. We love our country. We want to improve it. We want to perfect it. We want to fix its problems. But we love our country here. And we're not ashamed to say that. And all of the boogeymen that they create and the Mr. Potato Heads that they create, and when they talk about the Dr. Seuss and bathrooms and 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 ovens and washing machines and whatever the fake outrage machine they want to create. They want to keep their people they fearful. They want to keep their people scared. They want their people to think, oh, the Democrats and everybody else, they're out to get you. They're out to get you. Meanwhile, the Murdochs, the OANs, the Bannons, quite literally are picking the pockets, are mocking their base, are exploiting their own people for, the, for money, for Putin, for, for what? For what? And I'm just so, I'm so enthused that we've all, we're all rising to the moment together. And none of this, and I mean none of this, is possible without you watching this. You watching this, look, I, I'm honored that I get to do a show with my brothers every day. I, I get to have get to have this network where I have such incredible uh, contributors and, and, and I, get to have, I get to have fun doing it. I get to smile. I get to laugh. I get to joke. I also need to get very serious too, you know, and we need to have that balance. But none of this happens without you. And what the future is, what the future holds is up to you. It's up to the movement. It's up to the pro-democracy community. It's up to it's up to you. We can't wait for whoever Jack Smith is great or Alvin Bragg this or Fawny Willis or Letitia James or Biden or whoever. We you know we collectively we the people we the people are the difference makers. And that's what 1 million subscribers means to me. 1 million subscriber means to us the great work that you've done, your contribution to democracy, your support is invaluable. And so I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment Season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 